name Ryan Gosling? <laughs> Michael. Uh, uh, yeah, actually, uh, I make money off of him all the time. Royalties <laughs> must be very intense. He just parties. And by royalties, I mean... Oh my god, before we start, uh, this isn't for the recording, but happy birthday, Micah. <laughs> it can be for the recording. Happy birthday! Happy birthday, Micah. <laughs> Thank Yay. you. We first spoke to Cat. On April, day. it was like the, the April 26th, uh, episodes was three days after my birthday. We spoke to her again a couple days after Micah's birthday. She's our birthday charm. You know what this means, Kat. Well, happy birthday, Micah. Happy Thank name you. day to Micah. Yeah, it's a few days late, but we still get to celebrate it with you. You're now a healthy 17 year old boy. How does it feel? <laughs> yeah, no, it, it feels great. Um, being compared to uh, to Ryan Gosling as well um, yeah. makes me feel a lot younger than I actually am. So you guys actually do look a lot alike in the eyeballs. I'm just do saying, we? your eyes are beautiful. So Game of Owns is a podcast that we all make together. <laughs> we're all such good friends. Uh, we had Cat Taylor on the show Monday. Selena, you were still traveling in the yeah, abyss. Yeah, I know. It's we can't be on the same podcast at the same time. You know, time space flux. It's similar to me and Christian. I mm-hmm. think. I think. You just can't can't align together. I think that's that's what it is. That's why you know I'm not on Game of Thrones. <laughs> you know, Micah, you're actually younger than Ryan Gosling. Yes. Yeah. In other great news. <laughs> yes. But you know what? I see this. I see this. We're going to title this show Ryan Gosling and see <laughs> how many additional downloads. Hey, goo. Screw people. Look at this photo that's on IMDb <laughs> right now for, for Ryan. This is totally Micah. Micah could totally do this. Yeah. No, I told you. They. I, I wasn't kidding. Yeah. I totally see Micah. Happy belated birthday to our co-host, uh, Ryan Gosling. Yes. Thank you, Ryan, for gracing us with your presence. I love Drive. It was a great film. <laughs> Thanks. I We're going to really need hard. Selena to rescue us yes. from this massacre. No, I can't. I'm just going to go go throw wildfire on it all and run away. The show was months ago, but now we are still knee deep. I think we can say officially that we're knee deep because I switched to paper version today to read for oh, mm-hmm. the episode just because it was what was easier, you know, lying around mm-hmm. and I got to physically see the the dent we've put into a clash of kings and it feels really almost, nice. We're third of the way in almost now. Yeah. That's so cool. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I wonder how many other and of course I can look this up, but uh you know, just in terms of other characters, we seem to be getting the same recurring group of characters and I can't it's wait to true. see we like, get and we get the same like cele- we get Arya Tyrion Bran. A few other characters. Arya, Tyrion, Bran. Yeah. A few other characters. Arya, it's really like they're right. important. Of course, they're important. You know, but oh, yeah, it's, it's also like I want to hear from John or well, it's not even John. Dane, Davos. No. Davos. I want to hear. I want to see more stuff from Davos. Let's just say that. Yeah. Have you guys felt a quality increase in the book, or is it just me? Hmm. Yeah. It's nothing in the meat of things. I've said before. I think the first two books are extremely well written, but I definitely think. I mean, these past Tyrion chapters are like works of art. They're really well done. Yeah, no, the Tyrion. This chapter was incredible. You know, it started out, and we're kind of getting um, the four one one on what exactly he was doing, and the imagery alone on how he refuses to wear a tailored cape to his <laughs> body size because that sucks. Because he was gifted this. And he he wears it proudly and he wraps it around him. And he was saying how it was so cold he didn't regret doing the wrapping. And for me, that's just foreshadowing the winter, but also in the same Mm. moment, it's showing so much of his resolve. And I just, I mean, just like, wow, it got, this is turning into such a deeper, like, Forgotten Realmsy, Baldur's Gatey, Lord of the Ringsy fantasy novel for me. You know, when he's stepping out of these massive buildings, we're getting rich descriptions of like retailers and shops and uh, different temples nearby. It's really cool. Yeah, just the layout itself. You know, when he was walking from uh, inspecting the wildfire, and he went to some other place, and then suddenly he was in the square, and it's just—it must be incredible. I mean, 
I really want that map book. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> Just on a tangent. The show does a great job, I feel, to 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 paint the scale um, and the richness. And we talked about this a lot with Kat, their attention to detail. And, and that's wonderful. And that's great. But I really feel like, you know, th- this comes obvious with us reading the books because, you know, the, the subject material, this is just where it stands. That's everyone knows that it's it's great. But just the scale. And I'm thinking about the throne and how that's depicted differently. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking about the visit to the pyromancer, which we got to see in this chapter and just how much more a grand scale it makes me feel like when he's visiting this guild hall that has such rich history and that it is a big deal that now this hand of the king is visiting alchemists something that has been kind of laughed at in modern technology Mm -hmm. yeah definitely it it actually made me think back to season three so i guess in a way i thought forward in time um but to jamie's story about how he really saved king's landing and you you this is where you actually get to a little bit deeper insight into exactly how dangerous wildfire is and really what Jamie was able to prevent was you know, catastrophe. It's true. I mean, we, and, That's and putting we, it lightly. And we talked about this when we, uh, when his story was revealed in season three, which really I think comes at probably not exactly the same place in the books, but it comes later, you know, why Tyrion killed the Mad King, but we're already getting really strong hints here that there was a reason that, Ned and Robert launched the rebellion. You know, there was a reason that all this was happening. Yeah. I mean, that guy was a hoarder. The previous king. The mad king was a a hoarder. Yeah. (laughs) A fire. He was a fire hoarder. I mean, that's not a class in the video game, but it is a (laughs) fire hoarder. It's a profession. You know, that's (laughs) something you can do to generate income is to fuel the warlocks with a lot of things they need to terrorize people. I mean, I just can't believe. And of course, this was shown so brilliantly on the show. But the amount of wildfire that exists and in dangerous places, well, not say dangerous places, but right beneath the, the city, it, the Mad King's, you know, dream of setting the world ablaze really could have been accomplished quite, quite easily if, if, if anybody were a little bit more careless, a little bit less careful with, with the wildfire. Yeah. Just think um, if it gets in your drinking water, that would really suck. It would suck. But yeah, it's underneath the the high sept, or the, at least they moved it from under there. They had the sense not to. Oh, the the, the, the supply of of shit that they found. Like, oh, by the way, here's a few dozen crates of wildfire. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, yeah. we're gonna need to cart this back underground into a sanded chamber. So that was cool. I mean, just seeing how this volatile substance, which of course is entirely fictional, um, reacts and it's said to expand with the heat. Once it it's once it like becomes. Um, ignited it not even water puts it out it's really just kind of extremely dangerous and the fact that cersei has wanted or been promised ten thousand of these and they already have seven thousand eight hundred and forty which i had to write mm. down because that was a badass number of <laughs> big jars number. of, of wildfire seven thousand canisters four thousand of which were from aries I was just a little blown away <laughs> shaped like uh, fruits yes yep. shaped like fruits Pleasant, bad dangerous little fruits it's ripe Right. Yeah, I do love that, that the wildfire ages, much like a, a tea or a wine would. A good you know wine. Yeah. yeah it, it, the tannins build up, gets a little bit thicker, and uh, gets to its real potential, which is destruction, and which is why it needs to be carried, which I thought was a really cool thing in those clay containers, because if it was something that didn't move and didn't mold a little bit to your touch, it'd be a lot easier to drop, and they don't need that. I like how throughout the years it was stated that the alchemists, they no longer pretend to be able to like change metals and stuff, but they do still like can, call you themselves know, have the re- wisdom. They, they have the recipe 
for wildfire and they they are the ones who can make it mm-hmm. um but it seems to be a pretty small operation moving a quite a large bit of wildfire um because the uh, a majority of them were all killed yeah sure. isn't there a bit also about how this profession has more or less been phased out and maesters have taken over for them mm-hmm. right well it just kind of speaks volumes on the current regime because the last ruler you know really used a lot of this stuff in different ways yeah you know currently it's there's really no use for the alchemy guild anymore guys it's like you're budgeting Which is interesting, for what? but it's interesting concept isn't it that in this world that exists such a long time ago i mean it doesn't but you know in, in theory compared to ours there's already stuff that's outdated like an age you know, of alchemists old, in an old age of our earth if people where, like alchemists you know, were using the ruse of blacksmithing um, and shaping of alloys and metal and calling it you know magic if they were still doing it now i mean it's just technology and science now mm-hmm. so that's all the maesters are bringing to the table is science versus this mysticism i think Tyrion held his own pretty well or not held his own held his his for for being so close to the, such a volatile substance, um, of course, there's a little bit of protection that they've got it. You know, they know how to handle themselves and, and there haven't been any city burning accidents. I think one of his lines is, well, if it had burned down, if the city had burned down, I would, surely somebody would have told me. <laughs> but he's holding his own. And, you know, it's just it's kind of cool because for me, I'd, I'd probably hightail it right out of there. I know. And like, like out I don't want to be city, anywhere near like this out stuff. of the country, you know, this is insane. This is the kind of stuff where I, I kind of expect George R. R. Martin one day to just go like, oh yeah, by the way, here's like thousand bottles more of wildfire, boom, and then <laughs> all your favorite characters have just half died. The, yeah, half, half of the remaining characters just poof. Yeah, but Davos wouldn't die. True, he can That's survive right. all wildfire. Yep. He does survive wildfire. And then he climbs onto, you know, the ruined um, throne room and there's shards of the throne and he climbs up shards and he of gets one. And then the, the, the hordes of, 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 uh, wi- of, you know, whites, women, just say men, <laughs> and Davos stands there alone against the whites and the women. Yes. And then the book ends. In onion bras and skirts, right? <laughs> Yes. Oh man, Eric, you, you like that? Didn't <laughs> I think it's you? a great idea. I did Sorry. like that a little bit, <laughs> a but uh, I think that, to happen. Yeah, no, are I we like getting that. off the topic a little bit? Can it's we vivid? Okay. Can you she guys imagine planning? Can you guys imagine just planning how to use this as a weapon when it's so freaking dangerous? Tyrion mm-hmm. handles the situation. He actually orders extra jars be produced and delivered, and we find out later in the chapter it's for target practice, so people can get used to shooting what is eventually going to be. You know, the targets for the Siege of Blackwater or the, the Blackwater battle, Battle of Blackwater. You know, he's hey. thinking ahead. He's able to organize. He's able to strategize with something so insurmountable as 10,000 jars of this extremely volatile, dangerous stuff. And I, part of me was thinking, well, I hope they don't use all of them in this <laughs> one fight. Cause you also, you know, you know, you don't want to use them all up because then you won't have any but why not i mean if you truly need them all sure but a little bit seems to go a long way if it's something that spreads and expands you can probably get away with not using all ten thousand. i like how you're are you um certified in this area just guessing just chemistry what i thought was great was when the pyromancer was talking to Tyrion, saying oh you know what you should bring king joffrey down here and Tyrion's like, oh, you know what? That's probably not the best idea in the world. If he sees all this stuff, he might get a few ideas. Yeah, no, that was a, was a very smart idea because if he does expose Joffrey to this kind of technology and these kind of people pleasers, I think that would be a very, very bad combination. I mean, we know what he can do with a single crossbow now. Yeah. What's doubly interesting, though, 
if that's even that might be hyphenated, right? Doubly interesting. It's got a few hyphens in there. <laughs> Is that Cersei clearly knows about this as well because she gave the initial orders and she doesn't want Joffrey anywhere near it either. Well, we can all agree, I guess, that the wildfire is off limits then. And well, I'm, my point being that both his mom and his uncle know that he's a sick little dude. It's unfortunate, though. I mean, they both have to. Well, it's not unfortunate, but the ruling party cannot be involved in such a an important decision. You know, it's like the adults are really taking over. Um, where's their loyalty to the king? Well, no, they're they're acting to save the realm and themselves. It's like they, they want him in power when it suits them, but otherwise they just do things behind his back. I did love Tyrion's training strategy. He ordered a ton of empty ones, and if anyone was to mess up the one of the empty ones during the handling process, he was to be kicked out because he would be deemed unworthy to handle the wildfire fire later. So over time, he starts to work in water and lamp oil, then eventually the real thing. So I think he's got a foolproof plan for the situation, putting one in order, making all the right steps. But this wasn't his only stop for the day. But I will say before we move on that uh, the one interesting thing I think about this scene is that the narrator of the audiobooks, and of course I was listening along in the audiobooks, Roy yes. Dotris, Roy mm-hmm. Dotris, um actually played the pyromancer on TV. Uh, that's how you did. get in. In two episodes. <laughs> we were talking so. with Kat about that on Monday, how you <laughs> no, get a no, part no. on the show. You got to read the audiobook. You got to read the audiobook officially and be in the officially produced audiobook for it. Uh, but he played Hallen, I guess is the guy's name on the show. Uh, and basically the, it was just cool because Roy Dotris is reading the audiobook and I'm listening to it, but it's the same, it's like the same voice that he used for the pyromancer in the story is the voice he used on the, you know, to create the character on the show. Is so it really? It's Did very you check similar. That? Because that's really cool if that's what it is. I haven't gone back and, and listened to his voice in the show, but next up, he, uh, he makes his way to the gate of the gods, right? I believe so. After meeting with Bronn for a little bit where he conducts some... I like these little scenes that he has with Bronn where, you know, he kind of just gets his little updates and then he moves on to the next thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, Bronn's a very integral piece in this entire plan he's put together. Mm-hmm. But we uh, we get some peace terms, right, in this chapter, or at least... We do, and they're really interesting. You know, we get to hear exactly what it is that Rob Stark is actually demanding, which, you know, I like that Tyrion lays it out. You know, they were pretty uh, fair terms. It was half the realm. And, <laughs> and everything after that is just kind well, of the other like, guy says right, it to, to Tyrion. Well, he wants to give him, I guess he says, just enough to make him think that there's still hope for negotiating. But yeah. really, Tyrion's plan is to delay while new recruits are trained, I guess, at Casterly Rock. To, like a, oh, They're building an army mm. and they need more time to do it. And so they're kind of talking about peace. They're entertaining the idea, um, but they really have no intention. It, it almost seems it's even Tyrion. really sad. I mean, again, we're sort of on everybody's side here. We are on Tyrion's side as well, but we are also Team Stark. You know, we can't help but be so. It's very sad. It is, and it's hard to see Tyrion on this side of the table. You know? Yeah. Yeah, having to deal death or continued captivity for some of the good guys. Right, and we see less of this in the show, and we see less of Tyrion making these direct commands. He's hearing the terms from Rob's perspective, and it's just like, okay, well, I'm not going to do this, and I'm not going to do this. And in my mind, it's like, wait, he's going against Rob, you know? And we knew that from the beginning, but he is a true Lannister, and he is serving his position that his father put him in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these past few chapters have made that very evident, but even so, just his handling of the business here, it's just like... There's no question what he's doing. And that part is clear. 
in the midst of all the mystery. Yeah. And and he's very tactical though as well because he says that, you know, Cleos, he can get every bit of of hospitality, right? But everybody that was traveling with him, they have to uh stay outside the city because he doesn't trust any of them coming in. And that's the move of of somebody who's very smart, who's in power. Mm-hmm. He's already got to worry about Baelish and Varys and Grandmeister Pycelle. Why add a bunch more people wandering about the city to possibly spy on on him and his family? And in this chapter, Tyrion was called the Harbinger, uh, <laughs> uh, I believe, of death. Harbinger of... A demon little ghost monkey. Demon little ghost monkey? I don't remember what it was. Yes, one of those things. <laughs> I, I just, I admire this. This is uh, just writing from the crowd. You see how these people are paranoid and... Obviously taking a situation, a bad situation, making it worse. And again, a nice little way to show Tyrion's personality and how he's handling everything, because rather than as Joffrey would do, or even Cersei, is to seize this person making all of these terrible claims against his family and having them whipped and killed and torn their tongues out, you know, Tyrion just listens to it and then he leaves. And I was glad to hear that. We know that Tyrion and their little decision of the Lannister marketing squad, patent pending, they uh, <laughs> wanted to spread the rumor, and it looks like it did get spread because there was talks of a fool betting, you know, a lady and then spawning a monster. Yeah, that's messed up. I feel bad for Shireen. That's not cool. Under the, the guise of the Red Comet. Oh, and that was great because, you know, we, we got to hear so much about the Comet here in the early parts of the book, but here it makes a return. And mm-hmm. he's speaking about this thing in the sky. And I believe this is the first time we've gotten the real, I guess, mouthpiece of the people, or at least the sort of amateur news network of the people speaking about what they thought of it. And, you know, it brings doom to these people, they believe, because the state of the world and when it came, you know, very convenient to use it as a doom thing. But that's what they're using it for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's still out there. It's good to know it's still out yeah, there. It's up there floating around. <laughs> Imagine what would have happened, though, if Joffrey was walking by as opposed to. See, Tyrion. exactly. That's what I mean. Like then they this person oh, would yeah. have their tongue cut out in a minute. But and maybe this is it. Maybe that's why like Tyrion is hearing all of his terrible things. But he hears this one quote, like you were saying, highborn ladies fornicate with fools. And give birth to monsters, and Tyrion knows that it's through people like this that these false truths are spread. Mm-hmm. You know, even though he also says, you know, the fruit of their incest capers in his palace to the piping of a twisted little monkey demon, which is obviously that's Joffrey and, and Tyrion, even though it hurts <laughs> them too. There are these sparks of the truth or the the false truth that they want people to believe in there as well. But, uh, you know, in staying for this... um uh, event that he occurs, he of course uh, keeps Circe waiting, uh, and is late for for his appointment, which he doesn't quite make on time. Circe's upset, but you know what? Whatever, she's bound to be upset about something. Yeah, mm. he well, he said earlier in the chapter he would rather meet with Circe when she's upset and pissed off with a little bit of that emotion mixed in, rather than meet her on time and get the full effect of her cunningness. You know, and that yeah. makes sense. He's keeping her surprised. He's keeping her off you know, the proper footing. He's, 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 he has the upper hand. He's maintaining control. Mm. He always has the upper hand with her. I think he's just demonstrating how much care and and compassion he has for his niece by wanting to send her off to Dorne. And, you know, it, it shows, it's definitely a strategic decision, but it's also in the best interest of a member of his family and, and one that he obviously cares very much about. Mm-hmm. Even though Cersei can't see it that way. And that's understandable because 
it's her daughter, you're not going to obviously see it the same way that somebody like Tyrion would. Yeah. And it's great. It's great to hear it. That's a convenient decision for Tyrion because it serves two purposes for him. Yeah, it's also very, very true. But I also think like, for me anyway, it's really, really great to hear because, I mean, Cersei cares about Joffrey above all else. And that makes us care less about Cersei because of what Joffrey is. But someone like Tyrion, who we already care about, he he looks out for the innocent. You know, Myrcella and, and Tommen... We hear very, very little about them in the books, but what we do hear is that they are innocents in all of this. They are not corrupted. They are not um, broken in the same way that Joffrey is. And like Micah said, it's it's great that here's someone actually looking out for them. And I think, look, you know, sending them away is the only way to save them, and especially sending them to someone like Martell, the Martell family, because... As Tyrion describes, you know, they're they are probably the least likely people to to hurt her at this point. Well, what would a brother and sister, you know, conversation be without some good old threats? Uh, you know, Cersei threatens him and uh Tyrion replies, Well, basically he's able to, you know, show her that it's really in everybody's best interest if Marcella does leave, um, because of the threat with Renly and Stannis coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and we get uh, a little bit more information um, as it relates to, you know, House Martell. And, and we talked a little bit about on on another episode about how Tyrion, I think it was actually Tyrion's last chapter, about how he's willing to turn over uh, the murderer of Elia, who mm-hmm. we know to be the mountain. On the other hand, though, you know, what could be problematic there is that the mountain is sort of this key cog in Tywin Lannister's army, and he's really a force to be reckoned with. So I'm not so sure that Tywin would be very key on losing one of his his best fighters. Yeah. And also, I mean, I don't know if, if Tyrion is really thinking this all the way through. I mean, can you imagine if he suddenly demands, oh, by the way, mountain, we got to capture you now and send you to your death. Like, how would the mountain respond to that? How would they ever go about doing that? It's the mountain, you know? They mm-hmm. would need, like, 20 men to take him down. Uh, that's a great point. I'm imagining them trying to shoot down that mountain troll in Lord of the Rings. Like, <laughs> it's going to be pretty tough. They just yeah, need, the a, a good, uh, they need a well-placed Alohomora spell. Alohomora? Not Alohomora. Unlock a, the mountain. Uh, they need a well-placed, the door. They need a well-placed Guardian Leviosa spell. is Tyrion underestimating Rob a little bit I feel like he is in this chapter I feel like he doesn't care he views him too much as a kid though he he calls him a fawn right in the allegory it's that uh, Tywin's a lion and Rob is the fawn it's like well okay but the fawn is winning in this case true but I think a lot of people see Rob as the person you know he might have won a few battles but he is untested untried you know all these things that are true about Rob you know no matter how, how well he's doing He's a 15-year-old boy up against Tywin Lannister. We basically have this scene with Tyrion and Cersei, and, and the problem is they don't know what Rob is about to do. Um, so they keep guessing and they keep hypothi- uh, hypothesizing mm-hmm. um, you know, about so how their it. father will respond, about what Rob is going to do, why the state of the matter is. This is like all the politics that is part of you know the Game of Thrones that, that they're playing. It's just interesting seeing it from these two's perspective. Yeah. It, it is. And, and you know, you constantly never know who you can trust. And Tyrion notes that, you know, he, he thinks back to um, Ned and, you know, because Cersei brings him up at some point. Uh, but it's like, do you trust the City Watch? Do you trust the Sellswords? Do you tr- trust these clansmen that he's brought along with him? 
Or do you trust Varys and Braun and all, you know, all these people that seem to be trustworthy? You just <laughs> never know. It's all a crapshoot, really. And it's kind of sad to see in a state like this because they're brother and sister. And just the way Cersei was so ashamed of herself when she had a real moment and started crying, that was something we hadn't seen between the two of them. And he said that in his interior monologue, he hadn't seen her cry since they were kids. Yeah. And, you know, she let a real moment of sadness hit her when he gave her the image of, of her child's head on a spike if they failed. Like, this, this is what would happen because they're speaking about the very real possibility of the Baratheons marching at any time. You know, like, they're kind of wasting time and, and dildallying around and Renly's being Renly. But at the end of the day, they have several enemies and they're trying to take care of the situation. I just thought it was sad because their brother and sister, you know, he's going through so much trouble figuring out who he can and can't trust. But someone that he should be able to trust anyway is probably the hardest one to get full trust out of. You know, like this is all essentially because of her and because of her informant. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and now it's going to be very interesting to see how Tyrion deals with those who or the one, I guess I should say, who has betrayed him. Chop off the beard. Yes. <laughs> Go away, beard. He tastes beautiful plum you know, in his mouth. Spoiler alert. I think it's a lot more... Um affecting in the book that it is in the show obviously because they have a lot more time to explore what happens there mm. dun 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 I look forward to reading forward then. nobody cares about that poor guy <laughs> <laughs> alright who's ready for owns that I'm ready us. you twisted little demon monkey you oh oh the gloves are off that's not my own though when we're alone Mike right. <laughs> Zach enjoys it too much now you have to hold it off I'm going to try to disrupt the conversation exactly where it is and give my own and my own will go to the Alchemist Guild for remaining a ah. damn staple. It's like the print industry. <laughs> they they oh, get my own. Too soon. Like there it. you go. Well, uh, I have a very similar own. It's just going to the Alchemist. Not not say the Guild or the Alchemist or anything like that for still staying relevant. Just for not blowing the place up. That's a good one. Whoever's handling this wildfire, right? They're coming up with like sand chambers and, uh, you know, they're fully aware of you know, the substance, of course they make it, they should be, but for not, for the fact that very fact that King's Landing is still there, it's known and it belongs <laughs> to people handling it the wildfire. Known. Absolutely. That's a good one. I, I have a small one from uh, the end of the chapter, which is uh, one of those things. I feel like it, it it's an obligatory own to uh, George R. Martin for a clever little, little visual that made me laugh, which is after Cersei begins to cry, it says, Tyrion Lannister could not have been more surprised if Aegon the Conqueror himself had burst into the room riding on a dragon and juggling lemon pies. And I was like, oh, that's cute. Nice. Perfect. Yes. We don't have there a lot of, enough of that in the, in the saga. What, juggling lemon pies? <laughs> yes. <laughs> or riding dragons. More of that, please. I agree. Well, I think More it's the combination of the two that makes it special, right? Mm -hmm. Riding a dragon while I'm juggling. Give it to Tyrion um, when he's talking to Cersei, and he, you know, he makes it pretty clear that you know princesses they're meant to be married, and then he asks her, you know, why had you intended to sell it and get married to Tommen? I and saw I that. Like, oh, a little bit of a dig, and then she uh, slapped one out of his hand. Yes, but, uh, Tyrion's always it. the. Uh, Twisted little demon monkey. <laughs> <laughs> no, you've heard it, folks. That's, we have a broad selection of owns today. I felt like if this was an episode, like if you're listening for the first time, this is a good example, like a litmus. We got 
two owns based on a, a group of individuals, the guild, both were metaphysical and whatever. And then you got Micah talking about incest. And then you've got <laughs> Selena also talking about people arguing, but they did have something to do with incest. So that's a good broad What's category, like? don't you think? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Perfect description. If there are things you'd like to add to our melting pot of owns, there is a very, very simple way that you can do that. There are actually multiple ways. And Eric is very good at explaining these things. Okay, everybody. The first way, number one, write this down. Get a pen. I'll wait. Okay, got a pen. Number one is on Twitter. We are at twitter.com slash game of owns. If you are on Twitter, if you're logged in, just tweet at us at game of owns. You can tweet us your own. You can tweet us comments. You can tweet about us to others, all that good stuff right on Twitter. Just use the handle at game of owns. Okay. Number two, everybody still there? Still got your pen? Okay. Good. Number two, email. <laughs> You can email us at contact. Ran out of it. Oh, okay, go get. I need to sharpen my pencil. No. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Hold I'll on. wait. I'll wait. I'll wait. Wait. Oh, wait. It's electric. It's very quick. Oh, I got a pen. <gasps> Sam, <laughs> can you even write? He can write. Of course, he I'm can write. Eric. On his behalf. I'm not gonna take your bait. <laughs> okay, he's clean today, boys. Eric is just okay. finishing up his duty. And we'll, we'll keep this PG. We'll keep it civil. Number two way of contacting us is email contact at gameofowns.com. Send us an email. Let us know what you think. If you're a new listener, let us know what you think about that. Uh, we will take feedback from the cat episode uh, as well. You know, if you have any kind of thing that you didn't mention the first time around that you'd like to mention, uh, we're still accepting uh, all the praise and uh, feedback from that as well. <laughs> the praise. <laughs> Especially the praise. You Especially think that we did a, a good me. job? <laughs> email us. I don't even I'd want like you to tweet that praise. shit. If you think Eric was amazing on Monday's <laughs> yeah. episode, please, please let, let us know. know. Well, there you go. And we're on, of course we are on Facebook. I uh, don't know. We haven't quite figured out something that you do on there besides share some funny photos, but uh, facebook.com slash game of owns. You can find us on there. Uh, we're, we're each, we post on the wall. It's fun. And uh, you can also play the Ascent game, which we haven't talked about in a little while. Oh, please email us. If you think that Micah looks like Ryan Gosling, just tell yes, us. Yes, especially that. Yes or no will do. Take it away, Ern. And of course, iTunes is that uh, wonderful place where you can leave us feedback by rating and reviewing. There are five little stars that you can fill in. We really ask that you fill in all of them, mostly because nothing less than five stars is acceptable. Here in the month of August, weird things start happening to your computer uh, if you go onto iTunes and... Don't give us five stars. Yes, Uh-oh. if you're lackadaisical with the starring of our show, uh, your report card will reflect uh, that. So just saying, you guys want to impress. You want to get all the O's, right, for outstanding. I do. I don't even understand that word you just used. I better nope. run and give five stars right now. Report card. I know lackadaisical? what outstanding means, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure she knows what lackadaisical means. Too. I'm pretty sure I, you invented it. What's the word that you don't get? Lackadaisical. It was an attempt at humor, and I respected all of them. Oh, there right. you go. Okay. All right. But, uh, I would just like to also just take this time to say thank you for rating and reviewing us. There's 351 uh, ratings that we have, and uh, it's really awesome. Um, we do appreciate the feedback. We can't say that enough. You know, we, we do read through all of these reviews. Most of them you hear on the show. Uh, others we have to take um, unfortunate action against, so you may not hear those. But <laughs> Ever you know, again. It, it's, it is a great way. Uh, you know, I know we, we talk about that a lot, but it is a great way for other people to learn about the show and learn about what you think about the show. So thanks. 
<laughs> by listeners like you. Listen to Micah, though. There's some wisdom in those words. Yes, there was wisdom in those words. We put a lot of time into the show. We do three episodes a week of a podcast that we'd like to think is enjoyable to your ears, and we have a blast doing it. So your feedback is very appreciated because we literally do it 100% for the people that download the show. So that would be you if you're listening. And if you're in a friend's car, hi, friend. I'm, I'm looking through <laughs> listeners also subscribe to. Oh, oh okay. It's an interesting segment here. Didn't we do this once before and it was crazy? Yeah, it, it was uh, Madagascar 3 or, yeah. or Ice Age 4 it's still or something in along those lines. So Winter is coming. <laughs> we have some plans uh, in store for, for our Friday episode. This is kind of a, a really kind of all over their week. Uh, you had Monday's episode with Kat Taylor, today's episode with Tyrion. We and will Selena. have to see. And Selena. <laughs> yes, and Selena. Yes, of course. Selena. <laughs> and uh, Special you're, guest you, Selena. Yeah, but um, anyway, the Friday episode, we will have to see what happens. Won't give anything away just now. That means strap in. We may give away belts. a few awards, though. We may give away <laughs> a few awards, maybe. Maybe, perhaps. Maybe we'll just change it. Maybe we'll just log into Wicknet and change it to Owns. Yes. Remember, one gold star to every person that tells someone something nice today. Goodbye, everyone. Pay it forward. I'm Eric Skull. I'm Selena Wicken. And, of course, I will just point this out, since nobody did. It is hump day. Hump day! Hey, <laughs> hump day! I'm Micah Tannenbaum. And I'm Zach. Bye-bye. And we are all demon monkeys. We (laughs) Zach's a demon monkey, aren't you, Zach? Recording now. Little red button. It's like a nipple. Oh no! It's just like a nipple. It's like a Nintendo nipple. To be honest with you, Nintendo. Yeah. Well, it's it's like a red circle with a square, white square in the middle. I think your recording button looks different than my recording button. Well, you you have a PC, don't you? Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. So even your nipples are ugly. <laughs> and don't nipples are not- as well. The nipples right. are not chic. What was what was what what was it that Kat said? Nerd chic or geek chic or something? Who was she referring <laughs> to? You guys remember this? Oh. I mean, she was describing you, Eric. Yep. Although yeah. she was upset about the full frontal that I sent her. Yeah. <laughs> oh. The... Yes. Now we're rich. <laughs> <laughs> like a Lannister. We're just counting all of our gold pieces. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Oh. I don't know who said hi. It was Micah's phone. Hi. Oh. Whoa, that was weird. It was like from across the room. <laughs> yeah, don't lie. No, that it was just from, evaporated yeah. into your Answer chair. Machine. Yeah. Wait, Micah, do you have a twin brother that you're not telling us about? <laughs> yep.